Hallelujah. Amen, amen. We praise God. Come, let us adore Him. Are you here today to adore Him? Amen. Is there anybody? I want somebody online to talk to me a second because somebody's saying that they could not hear me a while ago. I need to know if you online can hear me. If not, I'm going to get me a microphone so you can hear me. I don't want you to miss this message of the uh, things of the, uh, Christmas. You know, and that, and that uh, toilet paper, if y'all can just, somebody can just put it on there. Is, is somebody online can tell me if they see, it, see us or not, that are watching? Um, and that toilet paper, um, sometimes, you know, you get a gift and it's not what you think it's going to be. You're like, really? That's what you, that's what you have in my seat today? You know, but whenever, whenever Jesus Christ came on this earth in a manger, that's not what it looked like. You know, that's not, that's, not what they thought, that's not what they thought it would look like. They were thinking, wow, there's no way that uh, this is what it is. There's no way this is it. But he didn't give us what we want. He gives us what we need. Okay, is, it, is it not online? To can, oh, you know what? I was asking people online, can they hear me? And if they couldn't hear me, they couldn't respond because they can't lip sync. Okay, anyway. All right, well, you can hear me now. I don't know if you could a while ago or not. So. Talk about what's so amazing about Christmas. What's so amazing about Christmas. So come next week. Bring your family. Bring your friends. Bring your neighbors. Bring everybody you can to come next week for our Christmas service. We're going to have some special things. Our kids are going to do some special things. Um, the, the kids are going to have a Christmas party in the back as well. It's going to be such a wonderful time, and God's really going to bless, and it's so good. And after church today, those of you that have your, your hats on, we're going to do like we did last week and take another family picture and come up here on stage with your hats, and we'll take another picture of that. We've got lots of comments about that. Everybody loved it. And then if you can, if you have time, stay around. i like to take a picture one-on-one with each one of you that got a hat on so that's kind of fun for me to do and I like to put it on Facebook like that but so the essentials of Christmas I want you to know you, you can't see it online but everything right here in, the, in this this manger scene everything that you need to know all the essentials of Jesus of, of Christmas are right there they're not they're not supernatural they're not crazy they're not they're not a little not, not full of depth and theology they're very very simple things but I feel like um, in this Christmas season especially um, I haven't seen a lot of these, these, these four things that I feel like that, that God really wants us to get out of this Christmas. You know, you, you, know, you have the humble man, the humble woman, and, 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 the, and the gift that Jesus is to us. And I want to talk to you today about the essentials of Christmas. The essentials of Christmas. Now, and the first one is, like I said, it's very simple. The first one is love. Do you understand? I don't feel like there's a lot of love around the world today like there used to be. The pandemic has just made people separated and, and, and separate and, and social distance and, and, and ha have people backing up from one another. And there's no love. There's no hugs no more, hardly, right? But not only that, it's just no love, no sharing of one another, no, no giving to one another, no, no caring for one another, no compassion for one another. And I, don't, I just don't feel the love that we used to have. Now, I do in this church. I really do. You know, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But, but I do. I feel it from you, and I feel it from But out when I go out them doors and I go into this world, I just don't feel it. You know, now, then i got to ask, you know, I'm not feeling it, but am I still giving it? Okay? Because if, if it's not out there, who's supposed to take the light to the world, right? We are. So we need to go out there and give that. 
And it's not just any kind of love. I'm talking about, and, and, and also, I don't pe think people are feeling the kind of love that, that we should be feeling ourselves, and that's the unconditional love from Jesus Christ himself. The unconditional love that we need that, 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 that sets um, us and shows our worth. So many pe people do not have any worth right now in their life. They don't feel like they're worth anything. They don't feel like, like nobody cares. They feel like nobody, they're all abandoned and all this kind of stuff. They feel like nobody's even there. But, but I'm talking about that unconditional love that God says you are worth something. It's not about what you do. It's not about what you say. It's not about, about what you know or what you own. It's all about the fact that I love you so much that I sent my son Jesus down on the cross for you. And, and, and right here is a picture of your worth. You're, you are only worth Something is only worth what somebody will pay for it. I'm, I, may, I may pick up this box of candy right here and say, you know, who will give me a dollar for this? And if only one person will give me a dollar, then that's all this is really worth. Because that's all that I could get for it. But if someone in here said, man, that's an antique box. I recognize it. I'm a, I'm a what? It's not. But I'm just saying it was an antique box. But those are a very special kind. That's Joy Bright Peppermint Candy Canes. And those are special. You can't get them anywhere. I'll give you $25 for them. Then this box all of a sudden becomes $25. It don't matter what you'll pay for them. You know, and that's the same way with you and your, and your worth and your life is the fact that, that you may feel like you're not worth anything. Other people may tell you you're not worth anything. But you are worth Jesus, Jesus Christ coming and dying on the cross for your sins. You are his masterpiece. You are special. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I want you to know that. And we're celebrating today that God, that, that, that God cares about you, that you're on his radar. He not, he not only sees you, and, but he hears you. And I want you to know tonight that he loves you today. You know, it doesn't matter, he, and what's so great about God is that he loves you whether you're on the naughty list or the nice list. He still loves you. And if you're on the naughty list, he gives you an opportunity to change to be nice, right? He gives you the opportunity to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and be assured that you can live in heaven forever. So, but it don't matter who you are, where you are, the fact that, 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 that if you're naughty or nice, Jesus, God, loves you. And it's not about what you've done. It's not about your accomplishments. It's not about what you know. It's the fact that you are uniquely made and that you are, are uniquely different from everybody else in this world because he made you special from the moment that you were in your mother's womb. 1 John 4, 7 through 10 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son um, into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not the love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. Love comes from God. And, and the solution to all the tensions in the world, the racial tension, the political tension, all the tension in the world is not coming from a man, not coming from a president. It is not coming from the, 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 the solution for all that only comes through Jesus. And us sharing that love and going to others and sharing the love to others and not sharing our political opinions or sharing this or that or the other. If, if, you, if, you know, if you want to know what love is, look at the manger. I feel like 
that we look at a manger, and I got up on a wall over there too. I feel, I feel like that we just take a manger, we walk by, and just take it for granted. It's up one time a year, we just put it up, and it's a decoration like a print on the wall. Have you ever just sat there, and I encourage you to, just go to a manger scene, get on your knees or stand in front of it, and just look at the manger scene and just reminisce and think and meditate about what is happening there about what happened that day, about really, about then, then look at that little manger, the little, the little baby Jesus there, and think about what it really means that he's in that manger. And if you want to know, you know true love, look at the manger, look at the angels. Look, look that Jesus came in human flesh. He didn't have to. He was in the perfect heaven. He, everything was perf- everything's perfection in heaven. And he chose to come to this earth, this cruel, dirty, filthy, nasty, you know, crusty earth just for you because he loved you so much. I think we often forget about how much God loved us. And I think we need to be reminded every day. Because if you truly understand how much God loves you, your relationship with him will be a whole lot better. You know, you're around people and you care about people. Well, why are you with them? Because they love me so much. Why are you still, he treats you bad, she treats you bad. Why are you still, because he loves me so much. But we don't treat God like that. God only treats us good. And we still turn from him. And he loves us more than any human being can. Love is a verb. Love is, a, love is an action verb. See, love is supposed to be action. Love is just not something that you say. People can tell you they love you. You ever had anybody tell you that they love you and they never even showed it? They never, you never, can never tell that they loved you by just saying that. Love is, very, love is in the Bible over 500 times. 12 times in John chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. I mean, in John, yeah, chapters 1 through 12. But listen to this. 45 times Jesus talks about love, or John talks about love, in John 13 through 21, which was the last 24 hours of God's, Jesus' uh, life, up to, you know, at age 33. So 45 times in the last 24 hours of his life, he was talking about love. John talked about the love that he had. And we all know John 3.16, which just really talks about how much God loves us. Let's quote that together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Is that not wonderful? Is that not good just to say People, people are lost. People need love so bad. There's so many people in this world right now that need love. There's, this is a loveless world. There's people. Matter of fact, you know, um, because of pain and guilt, I, I was a, uh, this week was my week on, on call with the, uh, the sheriff's department with, as a chaplain, and and um, you know, I went out on one night and, and, and went to a, a homicide suicide. There was so much pain in their life. They felt like they needed to take somebody else's life and take their own. And then Friday night, I went to a house, and it was a man that, that had taken his own life again or somebody else because of the pain in the relationship. And the thing is, 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 is all, all these people, they're, they're, they're suicide and, and, and loneliness and all this stuff is because they feel like there's no hope. Nobody cares. Nobody loves me. It's not worth staying here. But, man, if you could tap into how much God loves you and how much God cares for you, man, you, you'll realize that you are worth something, that you, you have something to give. But we're so caught up in our own mess, in our own situations, that we don't think about what we have is worth some, to give to somebody else. And what God has, we need to give to somebody else. See, people need love. Not, and people need love not just because they can love you back. You don't need to love people just because they love you back. Or just because they give back. 
You know, we're like that. If you give a gift to somebody and you don't get one back, you're like, oh, I'll remember that next year. <laughs> what? Come on, you know it. You've done it. And you get a gift you don't like. Okay, re-gift. Somebody else is getting this one this year. I don't like this. Right? My family does that all the time to each other. We call it, we're not, we don't re-gift necessarily. We, we call, Mama calls it the take-back family. We buy something. We're like, okay, thank you, love you. Oh, this is awesome. And then we take it back to the store the next day. But everybody does it in our family, so it's all good. We're all happy with it. Love, love, we need to love everyone, especially those that are in need. There's so many people that are in need this season. There's so many people who have lost family members this season. Man, we need to reach out to them and share love with them. Man, it is essential in, just, in the Christmas season. All throughout the year, obviously, love is, is paramount. But in the Christmas season, people become, for some reason, so stressed and so lonely and so without love. And it's our job as Christians to go out in this world and show love to people, care for people, show love to people. And it's, not, it's not always giving them money or paying it ahead. Sometimes it's just listening to them, talking to them, calling them, texting them. How are you doing, man? I know you're going through a hard time this season. You lost somebody. I love you. I care for you. I'm here for you. Man, love, love, love. All we need is love, right? You know, and we got to do that. At Christmas, Christians need to share love. Number one, love. Number two, grace. We cannot live without grace. God's unexpected unmerited, undeserved favor. And there's different types of grace. I know we talked about grace the other day that was good. The grace that, that you know, helped us with the thorn in the flesh. My grace is sufficient. But there's different types of grace. There's saving grace. You know, you get saved by His grace. There's sanctifying grace, which sanctifies you. You know, there's sustaining grace. There's sufficient grace. There's different types of grace. And I'm talking about the grace today that, that we need. It's so important right here. It's the grace from God that washes our sins away and, and washes away our guilt. That no matter what you've done in the past, no matter where you've been at, that, that, that God's grace can come on you and say, you know what? I'm, it's just as if you never did it before. Just forget about it. It's gone. It's in the past. Let God's grace pour over you this season. And God, let, just, just be able to sleep at night. We would... Our hearts would shrivel up and die, I feel like, if I didn't have, have grace in my life. The grace of God that pours over me and says, you know what? I got you. It's good. You know, I died for your sin. The blood covers your sin. You know, the, the guilt and the shame and all the stuff like that is just horrible to us. But, but the God's grace is so good. And it's pure. And not only do we need to receive Jesus is in God's grace during this season. And we need to receive that. Let his grace pour over us and let us get over the fact that, that we've made bad decisions and all this kind of stuff in our, in our past and when we're so guilty. But also we need to give grace. We, we're, a lot of times we're all about receiving that grace. Oh, God, I need your grace. Oh, God's grace is sufficient. God's, good, God's grace is his saving grace, his sustaining grace. Oh, I love it, I love it, I love it. And then, it's, then somebody else you have zero grace for. When someone does you wrong, someone does something to you, somebody hurts you, someone says something to you in the line, you know, or cuts you, there ain't no grace at all for nobody. You know, we want to, we want to receive God's grace, but we don't want to give any of it. You know, we have, we have some divinity that stamped on us whenever we were in this, created in this world. And, but there's a God in heaven, and we know that, 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 that he is, His grace helps us and is greater than all our efforts um, amongst ourselves of who we are. And if you feel like you don't need grace this season, then you have nothing to celebrate. But if you have one stain, one bad decision you made in your past, one, one day that you're like, man, I just, I just wish I hadn't have made that to done that. I wish I hadn't have said that. I wish I hadn't have, you know, a, a, a guilt, a, a shame of, of something in the past of how you acted or how you talked or how you done something. You know, if you have any of that, the, the, the grace is for you because God's grace is enough. And God's grace will cover a multitude of sins. 
and, and you may say that, I wish I could change. I wish I would have done this right. I wish I'd have done this different. Then God's grace is for you. He can help you to move on past that and move forward into your glorious light. And, and, and in this manger, I love it that this, 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 this child was born. The son was given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. I love the fact that he was given and that, that his name is, is Jesus. And he shall come and save his people. The message of Christmas is that God is amazing and that it's not about us, that it's about baby Jesus that, that was born to die. He was born to die. The whole reason he came was because God loved you so much. And he came as a baby, as we talked about last week. You know, he didn't look like what you think the gift was going to be. He didn't look like, it didn't, it didn't seem like this is a mighty warrior, the Savior, Jehovah Rapha, your healer. Look at it. God doesn't always come the way we think he should. But he always comes. You just got to look for it. And quit looking for your, your analogy of what the answer, the solution should be. And start saying, God, I'm just open to whatever you're trying to do in my life. I don't know how you're going to do it. But I want it and I need it. Without grace, I'm just telling you, like I said, while I go, my heart would shrivel up. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I didn't have God's grace. I don't know how, honestly, I don't know how, how people without Christ really live in today's society. I had a, I had a stench in my life and, and whenever I was in the military, and I was miserable the whole entire time. The whole entire time I was miserable because I knew what was right, and I knew I was doing wrong, and I knew I was at, at the best lukewarm, and I knew even at lukewarm I was going to get spit out of his mouth, and I was miserable, and I couldn't sleep. Don't get me wrong. People, people who are not Christians, most of the time, they know they're not doing right. But they're scared to make the commitment. And also, some people really don't have nobody to talk to about it. They want to change. They don't want to just walk into a church by themselves with nobody inviting them. Do you know like 90-something percent of people that, 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 are, that, that, that get saved was because somebody invited them to church? It wasn't because they saw a sign and decided to drive by. Sometimes that happens. We've had that happen here. We had people here today that, that came by and saw, saw the sign and said, I wonder, what, you know, I wonder about that, 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 what that kingdom impact. And we live right down the road here. And they came, and they're here today because of that. But the thing is, is we, we got we to understand God's grace and, 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 he took, and know that he took the blows for us so, he, so we could be forgiven. And the very greatest exchange... It's not the market exchange. The greatest exchange ever in, in, in this earth was God giving his very best in exchange for us to be able to have life, liberty, and, 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 and happiness and joy for the future and, and the eternity in heaven itself. Amen. Number three. This is another one that is, is, is really not talked about a lot during Christmas, and I feel like it's falling apart. And that is the family. God is all about family. Look in the manger. You got, you got Mary, Daddy, Mama, and Baby. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. What do we call Christians? The family of God. What are we here? We're family. And, 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 and you have a family. You got a mom and a daddy and yourself, right? It's all about family. It's a bare necessity that we have to have in life. And we, you, I want to tell you today that, that some of you are like, yeah, I don't have a family. My family is distant. I don't get along with my family. Well, I want you to know today, I, I feel led by the Spirit to tell you this, that, that some of you need to call your family members today 
and say, hey, I know we don't get along a lot, you know, but we don't get along very well, but I want you to know that I love you. Or maybe you're not quite that far yet. Maybe you just need to call them up and say, hey, I know we don't get along. We ha- we're at, ads, at odds a lot, but I just want to let you know, man, that I appreciate you. I'm thinking about you. Whatever, I miss you. Whatever you want to say. I don't know how you can say it. Whatever you want to say it in your words. But some, some people in here today, I feel like you've you're fam- you, you got family members that you just need to call them and tell them, I care about you. Or even if you're just saying, I was thinking about you. I know we don't get along. I know everything isn't great. I know we're not just on this hunky-dory love train. But I want you to know I was thinking about you today, and I'm thankful for you. Okay, and I just feel like somebody needs to do that. You know, just say I'm love you. Say I'm, say I'm sorry. Somebody just you're at the place today where you need to call that family member and say I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Maybe you, you're not the one that really started the argument or started the fight, but you just need to call somebody and say, you know what? Hey, I don't like this. I don't like that we're that we're that we're fussing, that we're fighting. I don't like this. Life's too short to have this. I, I just want to let you know, I'm willing to let it go if you are. Let's just please move forward. Let's pray together. Let's, let's love one another. We're blood. We're blood. We got, we got to stick together. Because I'm going to tell you what, you and your blood may be, may be fighting and fuming with one another, but let somebody else that's not blood mess with you. <laughs> All of a sudden, I don't care how mad you are at somebody, if it's somebody in your bloodline and somebody else is messing with them, all of a sudden, now all of a sudden that goes away for a few minutes. And, you know, and then you're over there beating somebody up, and after it's over, you're like, I'm still mad at you. And you turn around and walk, turn around and walk off. But I want you to know, but if you truly don't have anybody, and, and your relationship with your whole family is so incredibly broken, you, 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 don't even, you can't even make a phone call, you can't look at them, you can't talk to them or nothing because it's so broken, I want you to know that we here in this house are your family. And I've, never, I've, I've heard a lot of churches, every church I've ever been in, we, they, they call it a family. But honestly, from my heart, this is the first place that I ever really felt like we were all family. There's not a lot of schisms. There's not, there's not a lot of stuff going on. There's, there's not everybody loves one another. If, if you don't know somebody in here and you needed something, I promise you, I, I can see everybody in this room. I promise you, everybody in this room would help you, even though they don't know you. And I'm just telling you, man, this, there's something special about this group of people in, in Kingdom Impact. Now, I'm not saying other churches don't have it, but I'm saying we do have it. And we are a family. Like last week, it was so cool to get up here and have so many people, you know, to get up here on stage and have a little family picture. We're going to do it again today. But it's just so cool. And I want you to know that if you need something, we are here for you. You can call me. I'm here for you. You know, and, and if you need to talk to somebody else, go to somebody in, in here. Not, not, not to, so you can ask them about you need all this stuff and you need money and you need this and need that. I'm not talking about that. But go to somebody else in here and say, hey, what's your phone number? Let me get your number. I need to call you sometimes. Just, just, just hang out. Why don't you ask somebody in here to go to lunch with you one day? Or invite them over to your house one day. Just get to know one another. That's what family does. I feel like we're at the place now to where, you know, you go, you go to this small group. That's a family. You know, find a small group to go to. And I want you to know that also that you don't live lonely or isolated. You know, not only do you have us, but most of all, if all of us fell off the face of the earth today, you still have God. God said he'll never leave you, and nor will he forsake you. He's our Heavenly Father. And here's something else that I just want you to, to, to think about. That God is our Father. Right? Okay. Then what does that make us? His sons and daughters. Do you understand? I have nobody. I have nothing. I'm, no, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. Everybody calls me that I'm a fool. But let me, you are a son or a daughter of God. I want you to really stop. I know we say it and we just preach it and move right on by it. Stop. You are the son of the creator of the universe. That's not 
you're not just you didn't, it's not like a little transaction now you're, you're adopted. No, you, you are grafted in. To, you, you are whole. You are the son of the most high God. You are the brother. You are heirs or sister. You are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Your brother is Jesus Christ. You are a child. You have sonship. You have power. You have authority because of who you are. You are a son and you are a daughter of the creator of the universe. Man. I think, I think we just take that so lightly sometimes. You know, you think, well, you, you, when you think about some people, well, he's the son of a president, he's this right here, he, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, um, a, a famous movie star, and this right here, he's a millionaire, and this is, he's, he's in charge of faith, all, oh, man, I bet his son, I bet his son, no, 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 oh, his son, his daddy, how about my daddy, Abba, father. I want you to think about that this week. Take some time and think about that you are the son. And when the, and when the world treats you badly, you can always run back to your family. And we're here for you. Galatians 3.28 says, There's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female. For you, you are all one in Christ. Family extends beyond biological relatives. Sometimes you have people that are closer to you that, that are not relative, that are not that are not blood. You understand that? Has anybody else had that besides me? Sometimes you have people that are so close. Some, I'm so close to some of y'all. And I consider a lot of y'all, well, every one of you family. I consider some of y'all like, like, like tight, tight family. But, but we're all made up of a body of believers. And, and when you're in a body of believers, all the labels disappear. I work hard in here. If I, if I hear anything other than this, I'm going to address it. But I work hard in here that background doesn't matter, that, 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 that your race doesn't matter, that your politic affiliation doesn't matter, that you know, that, that doesn't matter what you think politically. It's what you think spiritually. You know, it's, it's, it's where you come from. Your background don't matter if you're a male or female. It don't matter, if it, what you, it don't matter any of that. We want to love on you. We want to care on you. We're not going to judge. We're going to love. God is going to judge. I'm not saying there's no, there's no recompense for sin. Absolutely. I don't, you can come in here full of sin. But our job is not to judge your sin or to point out your sin. Our job is to love you and let God deal with your sin. People's, people will turn from sin so much more when they feel love rather than condemnation. And we're going to just love. We're not accepting their sin. We're just loving them. And love conquers all. Love conquers all. And, I tell, I, and I've said this many times, and I say it periodically through the year. But when people come through the door, you, you, or, or not even the door, out in the world, you don't have the right to speak into their life until you have a relationship with them. So we need to build a relationship with one another. And then when you build a relationship with them and your friends, and then, then, then you can ask them questions at that point. You can talk to them. You, they might even ask you questions about their sin and stuff. I've had many people that sat right back there. I've befriended them, and I have people that won't even come to this church. They don't even go to church. They won't go to church. But they'll sit back in my office and talk to me as a pastor because of the fact that they know that I love them. They will not darken the doors of a church. They won't even come for Easter. They, not, they don't go to church. They're going to hell because they're not a Christian right now. But they'll come in my office just to see me because Pastor Doug loves me. And that gives me that opportunity to keep sharing the love of Jesus. But if, I, if they sat in my chair and I said, you ain't saved yet, you know you're going to hell, right? No, but every time I come, every time they come, I share Jesus. 
I share Jesus. Every single, I don't sit there and act, act like uh, I'm just going to just skim over the elephant in the room. No, 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 I talk about it. But I have the right to talk about it because I love them. So I want you to know that, that, that your past doesn't matter. We're all in one family. And that's why I tell y'all, don't talk politics in this church. I don't want to hear anybody talking politics in this church. That's a separation point. You believe what you believe. Let's talk about the word of God. Let's talk about how we love one another. I really wish I never knew anybody's political affiliation. You know, because I want to share love of God. If we, if we can stay with the love of God and, and the word of God, well, then all the rest of us going to flesh yourself out. And if you have a private conversation, I'm talking about that, that's fine too. And if you want to have a political conversation with me, we can have it. We're going to have it back in my office in private with nobody around. Okay? But I'm just saying, I want, us to, I want us to share the love of God with one another. Because at the foot of the cross, all ground is level. Galatians 6.10. Therefore, whenever we have the, the, the opportunity, we should do good for one another, especially those in the family of faith. Scripture says that. We should take care of one another. So I want to put a couple of these together real fast, if you don't mind. And I know I'm, I'm going a little bit long. I need to finish this up, though. Love is patient. You got the scripture up on the side. Okay. Love is patient and kind. Love is kind. So we need to be love. We need to pay, be patient and kind with our family and with other people in the family of God. Love is not boastful or proud. So refuse to allow the poison to taint your relationships. Don't be in competition with your friends, with your family. Celebrate their, their excitement. Celebrate their successes and, and cry with them during their weaknesses. Love is not self-seeking. Love does not demand its own way. So choose to put down your needs and, let, and help somebody else in their needs. Look to serve, not to be served. Love is not easily angered or irritated. So allow no place for, for spite or hostility in your home. Show grace to your family and your friends. A lot of times, we, a lot of times we'll, show fa- we'll show grace to our friends, but we don't have no grace for our family when they mess up. And we got to have grace. Love keeps no records or wrongs and allows grace and forgiveness to flow freely. Love rejoices in the truth, not in justice. So refuse to, to be deceived and keep to, to deceive and keep secrets from one another. See, a lot of times, you know, when we do that, we get deceived and we, we have people. But, but what you got to understand is, yeah, but, you, but, I, but that person did something to me and they're talking about me and they're telling lies on me. All you're responsible for is the truth. You're not responsible for their lies. Does that make sense? You know, the, the, somebody may be talking on you, and I've had that happen to me before. And, you know, I'm like, well, this person's talking about me, and they're telling their side of the story, and they don't, nobody knows mine. It doesn't matter. Because I know me, and if they know me, they can come to me and ask me. And if not, well, then you know what? It's okay, because all I'm responsible for is the truth and who I am and all that. I'm not responsible for chasing lies and chasing lies down. I'm responsible to be who I am, and people will love me or like me for that, or they won't. But I can't change that. All I'm responsible for is the truth. And i got to be who I am. Love always protects, preserves, and never gives up one another. another my, my last one, real quick, number four. Purpose. Everyone needs it. Everybody has it. But most people don't recognize it. Purpose. You, your purpose is not your job. Your purpose is not your paycheck. Your purpose is not your business. It's much bigger than that. Romans 8, 28 says, and we, we know that God causes everything to work for the good of those who love God. And everybody stops at that point right there. How many times have you heard it? God works all things out for the good of those who love God. But then it says, and are called according to his purpose for them. His purpose for them. He has a purpose for us. 
Our purpose is Jesus. Our purpose is to love Jesus, to serve Jesus, to give Jesus, to tell others about Jesus. The purpose that we need, that we long for, is baby, is in that manger right there. That's our purpose. The devil didn't create you, therefore he, he, therefore he doesn't and your haters don't know your purpose. People, people tell you this, like I said a while ago, that you're nothing, you're, you're an idiot, you, you're going to make nothing of yourself. You, you're not going to make anything in this world, you're a failure, you're a loser. Wait a second, hold on, you didn't create me. The only person who knows me is the creator. Whenever a creator creates something, he puts purpose in that creation for a purpose to do something. If you didn't create that, then you have you didn't put any purpose in, and you don't even know what the purpose is for it. But the Creator, God, created you with a purpose to serve Him, to love, to share gospel, to live a happy life, and do all that kind of stuff. And so, so the thing is, is haters going to hate, and you ain't got to worry about them because they're over here and they don't know what your purpose is. They, if they're, 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 they, they have a purpose in them too, but they're shutting them even their own purpose off. And we got to know that we got to trust our Creator. And only he knows. And it doesn't matter what your vocation is. The purpose is why. And, I do, and, and this is why. This is our why right here. Everything we should do. Scripture says everything that you do, do as if you're doing it unto the Lord. I don't care what you're doing in life. Do it with all your might. And do as, do as if you're doing it unto the Lord. 1 Corinthians 9.26 says, So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. Paul's saying, I'm not just standing here like a boxer, just, you know, boxer just sits here and just kind of boxes in the air, boxing wind. He's saying, no, every, every step that I take, I take in him. And every step I take, I'm, sta- I'm taking on purpose. And there's purpose in every step I take. I just want to give you just a couple more other essentials that are, just, that are not part of those, those four, but they're just other essentials in the Word of God, and I'm, and I'm done. So if you want to come on, I'm done. 1 Corinthians 4 and 2 in Amplified Version. In this case, moreover, it is required as essential and demanded of stewards that you be found faithful and trustworthy. Us as stewards of Christ, it is demanded of us that we are faithful to God and trustworthy to Him. Amos 5 and 4. For thus says the Lord of the, of the house of Israel, Seek me, search me diligently, and regard me more essential than food that you may live. I mean, because you can have food and still die, right? After you, you can you have all the food you want, but if you die without Christ, then you don't live. But if you have if you have Christ in your life and you don't have food, you die, you live. Luke chapter 10, 38 through 42. And Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where a woman named Mary welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary was at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner that she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that my sister just sits there while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha. In other words, like, bless your heart. You know, same thing. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all the details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken from her. That was worship. Her worship. Worship is essential. Worship is essential. And like I said, I'm not going to preach on that because I wanted to just get the last two and pray. Matthew 22, 36 through 37, 39. Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus said, you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. The second is equally important. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. We have to love God and we have to love our neighbor. 1 Peter 3 and 8. Finally, be all like-minded, united in spirit, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, courteous, compassionate towards each other as members of one household and humble in spirit. If you're going to make it as a Christian, another essential you got to have is humility. We can't walk around in pride. We can't walk around like we know what we got we to walk around in humility. And I want you to know that this is just a simplified story here. And I want you to know that it's all about, it boils all down to this. Find you a manger. If you, and if you don't have one, find one on, online and just blow it up on your screen and just look at it and meditate on it and think about what God has. And know that we got to have that love. we got to have that, that family. And we got to have that purpose. And we got to have that grace. Those three things you definitely need. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Dear Heavenly Father, we just love you today. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And we just ask you to touch and bless right now every person in this room that's struggling in one of these four areas or one of the areas in the, at the end. But I pray that when we leave here today, they have a different outlook on love, a different outlook on family, a different outlook on purpose, and a different outlook on grace. And they stand in awe of who you are. And they stand in awe that they are a child of God. That today they finally realize, oh my gosh, I am a child of God. The Most High. The Redeeming One. The Creator. El Shaddai. Yahweh is my daddy help us to do that God help us to go make a difference in this world help us to trust you help us to serve you help us to love you like never before help us to make a difference in somebody's life God we worship you today and we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do bless your holy name in Jesus name amen and amen